Welcome to Engineering Experience, where engineering thought leaders share insight on how to deliver results, manage outsourcing, find the right engineering partners, maximize experience, generate engineering documents, and come out with smarter and improved products through innovation and invention. Welcome to Engineering Experience by Paragon. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me. On today's podcast, we're going to be discussing the importance of having the right technology development partner. And to do this, we're going to be discussing a powerful example of how this works with Ron Farmer, CEO of USLED, and Mike Wilkinson, CEO of Paragon Innovations. Ron and Mike, welcome to the podcast. Good to talk to you today. Howdy. Good to talk to you. Excellent. Good to be here. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm happy to have an opportunity to uh, to tell this story with you guys and to, to walk with you through it just to, I, I think it exemplifies that importance of having the right technology development partner here uh, just throughout this story. And so, Ron, I want to start off at the very beginning. You noticed that there was a continuous problem with neon lighting. Kind of tell me about that problem and the actions that you took as a result. Well, we had become a national sign company, meaning that we were shipping signs all over the United States to major national accounts. And it'd be people that you'd recognize like AMC Theaters, Extra Space Storage, Discount Tire, Michael's Arts and Crafts, and so on. So really big customers, very important that we meet our deadlines for grand openings and remodels and such as that. And we would ship these neon lit channel letters. And if you don't know what that is, if you look on the face of any strip center, uh, you'll see a set of channel letters. That's what those are. They're dimensional. They're five inches deep. Inside there in the past, back in those days, uh, neon would light them. And so the neon is nothing but uh, tubular glass. Uh, so you can imagine, you know, shipping glass around the United States, there's a lot of breakage. And there are mm. two, two problems with one. Uh, one was what I just mentioned. You know, we'd miss deadlines as a result of it. That would be one problem. And then the other one was is that we would be taken advantage of by the local neon tube vendors. We'd be charged, you know, sometimes as much as $160 for something that would cost us $16 here locally. So it'd be a, you know, a 10x and that, you know, that gouging process was kind of uh, distasteful. So I, over time, I had tried several different times, uh, tried new technologies that, uh, that came out. And then finally, in around 1999, I think it was, I was at the International Sign Association show uh, in Las Vegas, and one of my uh, salespeople came up and said, oh, I finally found what you're looking for. It's called LED lighting. And there were eight different uh, manufacturers represented at the show. And so I, I went to every single booth, and I talked to them about their product. And literally at that show, ordered samples from all eight of them. And, and to my surprise, some of them didn't ship. <laughs> they didn't ship their product. So <laughs> we tested everyone that, that got shipped and, and came up with a proper product. But uh, that was you know, prior to, to Paragon. So I didn't use Paragon at that point to do the testing. I just simply did a, a simple test, put it in a, in a sample letter, lit it, looked at the letter, said it looks like the right color red, and then bargained pricing and came up with, uh, with a, uh, a choice, a, a company called Duralad, long since gone. So uh, I can slander them now and, and nobody cares. Uh, because uh, what ended up happening was they really didn't know what they were doing very well. And so we started having a series of warranty calls. The warranty calls kept getting larger and larger. I mean, at the time, today I look back and it really wasn't very much money, but at the time it felt like a lot of money. It was $15,300 was my threshold for whatever reason. That was that was when I said enough is enough. I don't want to do, uh, do this anymore. I've got to do something about it. 
And, and coincidentally, about that time, I had a $3.1 million proposal in to uh, completely retrofit all the Michaels Arts and Crafts uh, signs around the United States. Uh, the number I remember is something like 675 locations. And so it was a big deal. You know, I, I think we were probably maybe a, I don't remember what size our company was at the time, $10, $12 million company, something like that. But uh, whatever it was, and so it was a really big deal. I was up in uh, Dallas at the headquarters of Michael's Arts and Crafts doing my presentation, and uh, it was about the fourth presentation I'd done, and it looked like they might be ready to say yes. But because of all these warranty calls I'd had, I knew I didn't have a product that I could use for this, this retrofit that I, I was uh, proposing to do for them. So when I left, I called up Mike. Mike is up in Plano, and I said, Mike, uh, I'm in trouble. And I, I know that's, those are the words I said, I'm in trouble. I need your help. Can we have lunch? And he said, yeah, let me get my calendar. And I said, no, I mean today. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, and he graciously said, yes, I, you know, clear my calendar. You know, what time do you want to meet? And I said, I think I can be there in about 20 minutes. <laughs> and so anyway, we met at the Red Lobster up in Plano and uh, we got to talking and he got enthusiastic and I got enthusiastic. And finally, after about an hour, I needed to go to the restroom. I went to the restroom. I came back and Mike Willie was uh, uh, sitting there. And I don't know if I'd met Mike before, but Mike Willie was uh, his partner, a minor partner. But anyway, so the two of them were there, you know, literally just like, you'd, you know, you you talk about in the books uh, they had a napkin out and they were drawing things on a napkin and uh <laughs> and you know coming up with ideas already and 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 i don't know the truth of this but for all these years i've been saying that nine days later was when we signed our contract with each other i hope that's the truth because i must have said it you know 200 times by now i think that's true yeah it was it was pretty quick and so mike made me a, you know an offer about uh, you know you know, pay by the hour, you know, or pay by, you know, a contract amount. And he gave me a range and I should have taken that range because it turns out by the hour, it, it took a lot longer because I remember his words where it says, this is so simple, Ron. It's like, like doing a light, uh, a flashlight. He says, it's just like a, a flashlight. It's that simple. And I said, okay, you know, uh, so that made, that made me feel like I really wanted to, you know, pay, pay by the hour. So that's, that's what convinced me to do it. And then it turned out to be a lot, lot more uh, difficult than that. Nowadays, by the way, Ron, we, we never say the word simple in our company ever since then. <laughs> it's, if it employs, it's all that simple. No, it might be straightforward, but it is not simple. Yeah, and that's the difference right there. That is, and, and by the way, I still use that distinction myself today as well because I think we talked our way through that. But it's still, Mike, uh, in spite of that, it was three months and 10 days, and we had a product, and it was already through UL. Did you realize it was that fast? I'd forgotten that. Wow. Yeah. Three months and 10 days. Now, that doesn't mean we were done because we kept on developing and developing and developing, but we had our very first product through UL in three months and 10 days. I don't think anybody's ever done it any faster than that. And so, and, and another thing too, we had, we had so much discovery to do. We had to figure out what LED to use. And, and I remember that when we, uh, when we, meaning them, uh, when they started looking, there was something like 10,000 different LEDs to choose from. And, you know, wow. they distilled it down and distilled it down. And we got down to, what was it, Mike, maybe six of them or something like that we bought and tested. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And, and I'd, I'd, go up to Dallas, fly up to Dallas and get a rent car. And we'd be up there in the middle of the night, uh, you know, putting these things up on the wall and, and uh, checking them out and uh, checking them against color and everything. And I remember that the samples I had made, uh, the guy who made them for me, the, the letter caps didn't fit real well. Do you remember that, Mike? 
Yes, I remember. Struggle to get those damn things on. I mean, I should have bought all new ones, uh, you know, somewhere along the line. But we got through with all the testing, and we came out with a competitive product. And uh, I was I was uh, a little bit squeamish about actually starting. I mean, even though I had already started the company, because it was November the 9th is my memory that, that Mike and I made our deal. I actually incorporated the company December the 26th of that year. That's 2001, by the way. That's another thing that I don't think I even thought twice about, but that's right after 9-11. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. That's right after 9-11, we were doing this in October, November. We incorporated the company, but I didn't start selling into the open market. I had a really big deal as 18,400 feet of product that I had to, to do for AMC theaters, 135 signs. And so we did those signs and we just didn't have any problem with the product at all. So obviously I'd chosen the right partner. I mean, Paragon had just done a really good job of, of helping me to develop the product. Hmm. And so all I really had to do was come up with the market information and, you know, the, what, what's the outcome that we want to have. And they, you know, they assigned me to a really, really smart engineer to work with me. Uh, I, I, I don't know how much of his time I sucked up, but I feel like that uh, I must have been, you know, like their top customer or something because of the way <laughs> I was treated. Uh, anytime I called, Chris was on the line with me. If I needed him for three hours, I got him for three hours. And uh, if I needed him to work at night, he worked at night, you know, and so on. So I just had, uh, uh, it was, and it was fun. Uh, that's the other piece, too. There was a, such a good, I don't know, what do you want to call it, cultural match, psychic match uh, in terms of our culture and what we were looking for and, and the Paragon culture and what they were willing and to, to give me, you know, in terms of effort and uh, focus and, and outcomes and so on. And then because the technology was just unfolding, just constantly unfolding because, uh, you know, a better LED would come out. And then we went from red. We started having uh, orange and then yellow and then green and then blue. And then finally in 2005, four years later, we got uh, white LEDs. And that just opened up a, a, whole new, uh, a whole new area. And we developed a, a white LED out of the, the first one-watt white LED in the world. And that was in uh, 2005, is my memory on that one. And I went up to Future Electronics. They were the exclusive, uh, worldwide exclusive reseller of LumaLED's LEDs. Well, let me go backwards. You know how many LEDs I, I ordered that very first year? I ordered 1 million LEDs that first wow. year I was in business. 1 wow. million. Yeah. And, and, uh, and believe it or not, Future Electronics gave me a Net 120 of the brand new company right out of the box. And uh, so in order to be able to get uh, a, you know, get credit, I took $100,000 and stuck it into a a checking account. And uh, so when Future called up the banker and, you know, asked him about the account, he said, well, I can't tell you the amount, but I can tell you it's in the six figures. (laughs) And they said, oh, okay. (laughs) Just barely, but it was there. And, And so... And so I talked to them about that future electronics. We still buy from them. You know, here we are 19 years later. You know, we all kind of chuckle about that, uh, about how right out of the box they gave me that kind of credit line. But I took a, uh, I bought a million LEDs that year and I, I couldn't use them. I, I didn't sell fast enough to use them all. And I remember I, I had to take a quarter of a million of them every 90 days. And of course I had that one big order. So the, you know, the first quarter million was okay. And then the next, you know, few were okay, but pretty soon just in order to be able to get the price, I had to order that many. So now I had to actually open up my company and 
and, you know, sell to the outside world and start marketing. And, you know, and, you know, I was, my God, I was making three trips a week sometimes, you know, out making sales calls. And uh, I remember one, the last year I was on the, on the road myself was, what was it, 2008 or 2009, something like that. Uh, I went to uh, Canada 11 times that year in addition to U.S. trips. Mm-hmm. I used to play this little game where I would uh, wake up in the morning and try to, uh, to remember w- what city I was in. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Paragon, I think that the thing that's most important uh, was the fact that they were able and willing to you know, pretty much give me uh, as much support as I needed. And they had the, the people and the expertise and the experience uh, to, to actually do it, to actually satisfy those needs. And they were mm-hmm. constantly changing needs too, because as the LEDs would, would evolve, that first white LED, my goodness, you, you should, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know if I've still got a single copy of that. I wish I did, but, uh, but we actually had a driver built uh, on the board itself and then we were using a, a very inexpensive ACDC driver. No, it was ACAC. I guess that'd be a transformer, wouldn't it, Mike? Long and short of it is, is that they had the expertise to take care of it no matter what it was. And so, and then 2006, by that time, we'd grown to a pretty decent size. And mm-hmm. we, could af- we could afford to hire uh, an in-house engineer. And they helped us with that transition as well. So, you know, very high, high ethics in, uh, in Paragon. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I want to go back to the to the Red Lobster meeting and, and might get your perspective on this, because uh, as we know, plenty of plenty of good business meetings occur over the Cheddar Bay Biscuits and uh, and Endless Shrimp there at, at, at Red Lobster. But Mike, from your perspective during that meeting, what needs were you hearing that Ron had and how did how how did you know that Paragon would be able to meet those needs that, that Ron was looking for? Well, first of all, it takes two parties to make things work. And so I'd love to take all the credit and give me this great product. But the, <laughs> the fact is, Ron knew exactly what he wanted. And Ron was very, very, very familiar and seasoned in the industry. And he was able to convey to us directly and to our engineers exactly what the environment is the, the people who install these letters do, what's in their tool belt. And that's what helped us become successful for USLED. And in, in that meeting, I wasn't sure. In fact, when he called, when he had his come, he talked about LEDs. I really wasn't, we, we weren't familiar with the super bright LEDs. We were, we use LEDs for, you know, just like in your cell phone and your cameras and all your toys you have that are, have LEDs that are indicators, but not light mm-hmm. sources. And so it was a, actually, um, Ron did more of the educating of us at, at, in the beginning of, there are these LEDs available in LumaLeds and stuff. And so then after some discovery, we, we learned more, but I want to emphasize that during the whole process, this is what makes the, the relationship really, really good. I stress this for any customer is that the customer always knows their environment, their industry far better than we will ever know. And by conveying to us that the installer is not used to DC, he's used to AC, that he doesn't have little small microelectronic screwdrivers in his tool belt. And then he, he doesn't know what a dip switch is necessarily, and he certainly doesn't know how to flip the dip switches and set the length of the stuff and, and stroke widths. And, you know, the, they're used to buying so many feet of neon. That's what how they size things up. And if you say, well, 300 feet of neon means 12 of these products and 16 of these, they're not going to buy. You've got to make it 300 feet of neon means 300 feet of LEDs. Right. Same stroke width, same brightness. You can't be brighter. You can't be dimmer. Got to be the same. 
until people get into the, it's like switching from the court to the leader of Coke, you know, yes. that was, that was the transition. And so that helped us a lot make the right product and it, it became a joy to sell too, because I remember one time Ron couldn't be in three places at once. And he asked me to do, if I could handle a sales meeting in Dallas and someone was flying through and they would come up to our office. And so I remember setting up, the S and Sally's beauty salon. I had, I think eight or nine of those on the conference table with all the competing products. And one of those was USLED. And I would simply asked the prospect, Hey, which one do you like? I'll just call Ron. This is a simple sales thing. Just tell me what you like. I'll tell Ron you like number four or whatever. And, and that's the end of it. And they would pick USLED. And I said, okay, let me change the faces of the letters so that we haven't, you know, done any smoke and mirrors, do it again. And we do it two or three times. And every time they'd pick the USLED product. And so it was an easy sell against some very formidable larger organizations, one of those being GE. And I think, you know, I don't look at GE engineers as being any smarter or dumber than the Paragon engineers, but it was Ron's telling us how the products used in the market allowed us to make a product because otherwise we might've made the same mistakes that GE did in terms of, you know, oversizing power supplies or dip switches or things that made it, uh, while a functional product, not, uh, not really usable and user-friendly. We were the Apple. This was the Apple of LEDs as opposed to some cryptic other thing. Yeah, you guys were the uh, the Wozniak and the the Jobs in the uh, in the garage here uh, in this in this story for sure. But you know, it it really does strike me just the the critical nature of that communication that that you guys had, where Ron was able to really effectively communicate exactly what he needed. Is is that maybe the biggest? piece of advice that you would give for any other company looking for the right technology development partner is just to come in armed with the details that will allow this product and, and this this project to be successful. Yes, I, I love it the most when customers like Ron come and say, here's what I want, here's what I need. Those are sometimes very different things, but tell us what do you want, what do you need, and then tell us about the environment. Help us understand in our medical products, it means going into a surgical center and going into the surgery and watching and experiencing and learning. The more we learn, the more we can make a product that meets that. Otherwise we're in a cubicle guessing. Mm. Yeah. And, and no one likes, no one likes guesswork when it comes to something like this. No, I can guarantee you the product would have been far different and not work. I mean, functionally, mm. I guess would light up, but if we had not had that uh, direct constant communication and, and knowledge transfer from, from Ron. Hmm. So Ron, you know, one of the things that, that you mentioned in, in the story, just as you were, you were explaining things was that, that massive development in led lighting that, that occurred over that, over that period of time. Right. I, I think, I think in 1999, I think this is one of the things you mentioned, the only led that existed was red, correct? So you really saw a lot of development in led over this time. And, and Paragon was, was part of that along with you, correct? Exactly. There's a there's kind of a watershed moment there too is that uh, you know pretty soon red became less and less of the percentage of what we did of course it was 100% in the beginning and but as as white came out the entire market changed because red and go back a little step red neon was better than white neon in the respect that when white neon gets cold it dims down it gets kind of grayish instead of being pure white and so a lot of people didn't like that and so there was an awful awful lot of signs that were that were red back then i mean michael's arts and crafts being one of them but you think about you know hilton was there amc theaters was there uh circuit city uh was there so all of them uh were 
uh, I mean, a lot of them were red. And then as white uh, LEDs came out, you notice that, you know, Hilton's no longer red and so on and so forth. And in Michael's Arts and Crafts is no longer red, as a matter of fact. And so they, they changed over because of that change. So then white became, well, white was very, very, very expensive at, in the beginning. It, uh, it was like $27 for a single module. And our, I remember our costs on it, we were making just a regular business markup on that. It was, a, it was just a very, very expensive, uh, too expensive. But sometimes when the product was being placed uh, such that service was so difficult, it was worth it because the LEDs wouldn't blink out like lights would. So anyway, that said, in 2000, I don't know when it was exactly, probably 2005, six somewhere in there, our engineer at Paragon and, and I, uh, well, actually it was 2005. The reason I remember is because I was, I was in Las Vegas at a ICSC show, it's a shopping center show, and I'd, I'd had a back operation in February that year. And my back was bothering me, and I just couldn't stand up in the booth anymore. So I, I went over to a, a park bench that was inside the building, sat down, called Chris, my engineer at Paragon, and said, let's design the perfect product. I've got time right now because I can't stand up. And so we spent three hours on the phone, you know, and I was saying, I was saying to him, all right, now put your pencil on the, on the pad and go straight up, you know, about two inches and then go to the right, you know, and so on. So we were drawing these things on the, uh, you know, in our mind's eye. And we came up with what we thought was the perfect module. And it really was. It was really a good module. But we, what we needed was we needed a half watt a white LED or it was a quarter watt. I can't remember. I think it was half watt. It didn't exist. It didn't exist at that point. And so we were actually getting ahead of the market. Instead of reacting to every new type of LED that came out, we were actually planning ahead. And coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, about three weeks later, Chris called me and says, Nietzsche, the, the number one in the world LED manufacturer, uh, has just come out with a, a half-watt LED that drops straight into this, uh, into this uh, module that we have. And it was such a good module. It really was just, it was even, it was even better than what we had thought it would be uh, when we went into production on it. And we had just virtually zero failure too, by the way. So these designs were not just good, they were really, really good. And our, our failure rate has just been very, very low over the years. So anyway, that said, that was another thing too, is that Mike's people you know, had the imagination to work with me when we were trying to work into the ether, so to speak. Uh, about products that didn't even have the components to to be built yet. Mm. So you know, one of the things that you mentioned uh, towards the end of the of the story about your your partnership and how you work together in developing these solutions is that um, you, you mentioned that, that, that your companies were so compatible just because you had similar values and there, there was that connection there pretty much instantly. But that really seems exemplified in the way that, that things kind of ended up in 2006 when, Ron, you were able to, to hire in-house engineers. And so um, and Paragon really made that process a lot easier. I, I kind of want to hear from, from both sides of you, you know, on this, on this particular aspect, just that idea that, that Paragon was uh, invested in your overall success run and made that process a lot easier at a time when they didn't necessarily have to do that, right? Right, of course. And by the way, even though Mike and I are friends, and I think he would have done it out of friendship, I think that's who Mike is anyway. I just think that's, you know, he was just being Mike. So I don't think that was a stretch whatsoever. Nope, no, that was, that's the way we do it. He who pays owns. That's a, a differentiator too, that, you know, Ron paid for all this, therefore he owns all the tech. So everything we did, mm -hmm. He owns, he possesses, he keeps, and it's our job to transition 
because as clients grow, I mean, that's the beauty. They grow and they graduate from Paragon to have their own team. And, you know, and, I mean, that's, that's the process. We're not supposed to be there forever and ever. Yeah. Except right. for later, you know, we can hire you back again for special projects and such as that. Yeah. And you can choose to do it as opposed to being mm-hmm. forced like some, some people, some companies do where they want to hold back some IP and whatnot. Well, then they get a bad taste in your mouth. And you're never going to want to come back. Mm. Yeah. Or recommend you. Or exactly. <laughs> Yeah, or, yeah. or do a podcast with yeah. you, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and think of how many years ago that was, you know. That was yeah. 14 years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the reasons we wanted to include you. And, and that's why we've been yeah. in business 30 years, is that you can't, you, can't, you can't piss off everybody. Yeah. Do the right thing, hold your core values. That's, exactly. a, that's a really great point. That's a really great point. And I, I love that, that aspect of, of this partnership and how well you guys have, have worked together over the years is just the, those core values and how you've seen them exemplified in this partnership. So, uh, Ron and Mike, as we begin to wrap up, um, I, I want to talk just, Ron, what, what principles would you suggest that businesses have as they look for the right technology development partner? What kinds of things should they be valuing in that partner as they, as they look for somebody? Um, just from your experience, you know, what, what, what kinds of things would you recommend that they value in that, in that partner? You know, it's, it's an interesting question because it's uh, almost the same answer as when I'm going to hire a, an employee for my business. And the gating issue is a cultural match. Uh, and that's, that's it. Because, you know, when it really comes right down to it, when we hired Paragon, Paragon did not know how to do what we were about to do in, in basic terms because they'd never done a product like that before. So they had the, you know, the engineering skills, they had the, uh, you know, the record keeping skills, they had the, you know, the education that made it possible. Uh, but really nobody, hardly anybody uh, in the whole world knew how to do what we, we were doing. So uh, we, we had to, uh, you know, I had to bring the problem, they had to bring the solution, but it was their capability, of course, had to be there, just a the basic capability. But that really, it's just like here, you know, if, I, if I'm if i hiring a project manager and they've, you know, they've done project managing before, but they've never done project managing for a lighting company, that doesn't concern me so much, provided that they've got the basic uh, skill sets and they're a good cultural fit. So I think it's the same thing with, you know, hiring Paragon, you know, they had the skill sets, and it was a good cultural fit. If they had the skill sets and not the cultural fit, it wouldn't have worked out. I couldn't agree more. Well, Ron and Mike, I, I think that this this story and this example of how well you have worked together over the years uh, is, is a really powerful example just of how the right technology development partner can make all the difference in, in terms of success. And so I, I thank you guys so much for, for joining me for this episode of Engineering Experience and, uh, and talking, about, uh, talking about your experience of, uh, of working together. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Mike, good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you again. Stay safe. Yeah. Stay healthy. Yeah, you, you too. All righty. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll echo that for everyone listening. And for all of you out there listening, thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of the podcast. We appreciate it very much. Please make sure to check out other episodes of the podcast. You can do that by checking out Engineering Experience by Paragon Innovations on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you subscribe there to stay up to date with the latest episodes. And of course, we will be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for listening.